All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Talk to the Plank podcast. I am your host Ashley, or some of you may know me as EMT underscore Ashley on Twitter. We are back with an emergency podcast after Rob Gronkowski was traded to the Buccaneers for a 2024th round pick in return for a seventh round pick and uh, and Gronk. I'm I'm you know uh, I'm uh, I can't think of the word. I'm joined today by Bucks Nation's very own Nick Citro. I'm sorry, I just came off of work, so I'm I'm tired and so dead. Um, yesterday we were supposed to do this podcast, but I'm the worst millennial ever. So thank you, Nick, for redoing this with me. Sorry that this took so much longer than it should have, you know, the first time. How are you? I am super excited. We are less than 24 hours until the NFL draft. I've not been counting, for those that have been asking. Um, so I'm getting a little bit nervous because I, I really want one of those four offensive tackles to be there. And I think Peter Schreger tweeted out um, a couple hours ago that there could be three going in the top ten and the tie back and could slip. So I, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm doing anything to get one of those tackles. I don't know about you. I'm ready to give up my firstborn child who doesn't exist <laughs> to get one of these tackles. <laughs> I think O.J. Howard might be the move. O.J. Howard, I would expect O.J. Howard to not be a Buccaneer come Saturday morning. Like, that's where yeah, I'm I mean, I don't think he's going to be here. I think they can move him or Bray. I know people have been going back and forth, but I think O.J. Howard has the higher ceiling, and a lot of teams realize that. Um if, I mean, you could trade him and and pick four teams and move up into the top ten and get a tackle. I'm all over that. There's no question about it. At that point, I mean, it's kind of a win-win. We don't really need OJ at this point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think double sets with him and Gronk would be fantastic. But at the same time, like, this is win-now mode. You're not being utilized the way you should be. We have Cam Brayton and Gronk, as well as Claire and Hudson. Where is your place on this roster? I mean, I think they could use him. Um, he's just not going to get the snap totals that he saw last year. But kind of talking about Gronk a little bit, he, I think somebody, Adam Schefter maybe, tweeted out um, yesterday that he was interested in coming to the bus the second Tom Brady signed. So, man, this is this has been one of the most wild free agencies I can remember. I, I don't think – I don't think you can point back and say there's been a crazier offseason in Bucks history, do you think? Not – no. Like, I – listen, I'm pretty young. We're both pretty young. I'm 24, so, like, the whole Super Bowl era for me, I don't really remember a whole bunch of it because I was, like, four. But, like, I really started watching football in, like, 2005. Whatever year Cadillac Williams entered the league, that's when I started watching football. So, No. The last time I went to the fucking playoffs was 2007 to the Giants and we got our asses kicked. So this, this for me, personally, I know a lot of people are like, I was here since 76. Yeah, that's great. Not all of us are born that, you know, that early. Okay. This is exciting as it gets for me. <laughs> I think you could say maybe the creation of the team was more exciting, but I mean, I don't know. With social media, everything gets amplified. I mean, you turn on NFL Network and they're talking about the Bucks. it seems like every second. They've probably talked more about the Bucks this offseason than the past 15 combined. It's 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 insane. 
I love it. I mean, it's weird because people are starting to hate the Bucks, quote unquote, hate the Bucks for what happened with Brady and Gronk, especially Patriots. Fans. Who are these people? What do you mean? Who are these people? Point them in my direction. We'll have to whip them into shape. <laughs> you will bow down to our pirate ship. But um, we have a we, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I totally cut you off. Uh, this is this was. This was a tell of a tale yesterday when we tried to record this and stuff like that. I just kept cutting Nick off, even though, you know. He no, that's not true. That's not true. I, I, I'll just keep talking forever, so I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> Listen, so yesterday, as you know, I was at work when this Gronk news dropped and couldn't really process much of it because, like I said, working in healthcare, especially around these crazy times, it's you know, you got to focus. So what was your first reaction? You know, you get the message. Gronk has been traded to the Buccaneers for a fourth-round pick. Well, I think it was probably the craziest 24 minutes ever because <laughs> you have, you know, Ian Rappaport and all these guys saying Gronk, you know, was interested in, interested in the Bucks, and I just kind of, you know, shied it away. I was like, yeah, whatever, we've heard that before. And then, then they tweet out 10 minutes later, he's coming to Tampa, it's going to be done in 24 hours. And then I was like, oh, shit, this, this has a possibility of happening. And then it seems like five minutes later it was he took the physical, he's coming to Tampa, it's a done deal. So we have, you know, 25 minutes had passed, and, you know, we hadn't really heard that much of Gronk. It was a little bit of a rumor. And then all of a sudden he's a Buccaneer. I mean, it was wild. I mean, shout out to PFT insider Leroy, the dog. Like, if y'all don't know who Leroy is, that, that man, that, that dog gets it done, okay? He had this months ago. But, like, I didn't. I personally didn't think it was going to happen. I was like, Gronk's been out the league for like a year and a half. He's 31. He was worried about his body. Why the hell would he come back to Tampa? Like, why? But like for mm. a fourth round pick, it's kind of a no brainer. Well, I was saying this the other day. Um, I think it was a combination of, you know, the wear and tear on his body. Um, and, you know, Bill Belichick, Training camps are just grueling. The off season is awful. You've, I mean, you've had a number of former players come out and talk about how playing for Bill Belichick, you know, it's fun on one hand because you're winning, but on the other hand, it's, it's, you know, it's a militaristic style approach and it kind of sucks. So I think he was tired of that grind. Um, and now he's coming to Tampa Bay where, I mean, Bruce Arians is the polar opposite of Bill Belichick. He wants to have fun. I mean, uh, in his book, I think he was talking about he – you know, after wins, he goes in the parking lot and pours margaritas for everybody. So, I mean, I <laughs> and Gronk, it seemed like a match made in heaven. That's I true. I thought you were about that until I heard it yesterday. I'm like, he's pouring drinks in the fucking parking lot? Sign me up. After like, wins, will, he goes in the parking lot and he pours his uh, teammates drinks. I think he has, you know, guys from other teams come and show up. I just want to know where that parking lot is. Listen, do you understand, like, my life would be complete if I could just sit there and sip a margarita with Bruce Arians at the Super Bowl after we win it, like 48 nothing. But he seems like the guy around. you want to be with when you're drinking. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, fucking Mike Evans dropped that pass yesterday, but God damn it, I love that some bitch. Like, <laughs> he's so crazy. Yeah, he's, 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 he, it's interesting, too, because he doesn't really lie when he talks to the media. I mean, he said at the Combine, we want Tom Brady, they got Tom Brady. He said Ronald Jones needs to play better and block or he's going to get benched, and that's exactly what happened. So he's like the polar opposite of any um, coach that we've 
had recently where when he talks to the media, he tells them exactly what's going to happen. It's it's kind of interesting. It's one of my favorite things about Arians is that he's so open about these things. Like, he doesn't care what anybody else in the league thinks as long as he thinks what he's doing is right. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – well, well, we'll see what happens with the draft, though, because I know Jason Light probably has given up a lot of uh, – power to Bruce Arians where he's calling a lot of the shots. Um, but I mean, I have to give kudos to Jason Light. He He's the only reason Bruce Arians is here in the first place. And then all of that snowballs into Tom Brady coming here, Gronk coming here. I mean, Jason Light has definitely had some big misses. We all know about Roberto Aguayo. Roberto Aguayo. Um, you know, the free agency misses. But without him, none of this ever happens. Like, where would the Bucks be, honestly, without Jason Light picking up Ruth Arians at this point? Like, Dirk Cutter is they probably, yeah. you don't you don't land Arians. Where the fuck are we at this point? They'd probably get a guy like, uh, oh, man, what was his name? I think he was the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'd probably look at him. I think they were interested in him. Um, but we're nowhere near where we are now, so – you got to give him some credit. Now you just got to turn it into wins, though, because we win the offseason every year, it seems like, and we always go 5-11, and 7-9. and nine. So, got to get the wins. Listen, 7-9 and nine I will take over 5-11 and 11 or 3-13, and 13, okay? It's been that way since uh, forever. I'm not saying this year. I'm talking about, like, as a first year, first new system, 30-30 quarterback, hit run game, injuries. Like, I'll take it. We should have went 9-7 and seven in my eyes. Yeah, if we had a kicker who could make a kick against the Giants 30 yards away, then we would have gone at least 8-8. Eight eight. So, the, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think this roster is, you know, it, it hasn't changed that much. It's it's Brady instead of Winston, and it's, you know, Gronk, um, and we just resound the defense. So if the secondary can play like they did the second half of the season – you know, this team is a minimum nine and seven team, like we talked about yesterday. I, I mean, I think you said eight and eight. Um, I, I just I don't said, see any chance they go lower than a losing. Are you season. trying to get me killed? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you said floor. You said like, floor. With injuries, with yeah. shit, with shit reps. Like there were a lot of scenarios that went down to go eight and eight before you guys fucking come for me. Nick's just Nick's like, I'm tired of doing this podcast twice in the throw after another one. Well, yeah, well, fine. I, th- that's their floor. I think the best they can do is probably 13-3. and three. I mean, the, the home schedule is, is insane. I still stand by that. That's, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I think it's possible. But you have the Packers, the Vikings, the Saints, obviously, and the Chiefs all at home. I mean, that's not an easy schedule at all. Well, realistically, I think we dropped two of those games, of those four big ones. It's yeah. I mean, that's probably likely. I don't see them winning all four. I mean, they'd they'd have to go on an absolute tear for that to happen. I think they lose to the Chiefs and the uh, either the Chiefs and the Saints or the Chiefs and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is just magical. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, so maybe they get a little bit of a hangover. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, I, I, we can hope, but hopefully there'll be fans in the stands because I'm going to be very upset if I'm watching it just silently 
So everyone stay inside. Listen. <laughs> What's okay? This is the most insane thing ever. Like, we get Gronk, we get Brady, bring back the whole defense, and there's no fans because there's a pandemic going on. Oh, that's just so depressing. So what do you think Gronk can can do for this offense as a whole? Well, he – there were rumors floating around that he had lost, what was it, like 30, 20 – I think it was like 20 pounds. Um, and I think he's 40? actually only 10 pounds. It was 40 pounds. That was the rumor. Yeah. Damn. Um, I think it was only 10, though, because he had the, uh, the Zoom – conference today and he said he's only 10 below his playing weight or, or 15 um he's the only target that tom brady's going to be comfortable throwing to at first um you know we don't know what the offseason program is going to look like when he's you know when is he going to be able to throw to mike evans chris godwin and you know all these weapons it, it takes time to build that chemistry so i think it's definitely a benefit to have a guy come in here that's played with brady for eight years and kind of knows his tendencies um, especially given the, the circumstances now. Um, I would expect, you know, one less tight end on the roster before we start. Um, but I I think it's probably um, wishful thinking to, to say he's going to play 100% of the snaps. I, I think it's probably going to be 60 to 70%. Um, and if he gets 1,000 yards, I mean, that's, that's going to be an incredible season for him because we have weapons all over the place. Um, I think we need to tailor our expectations a little bit, though, just because of all the weapons we have. And, you know, he's going to need to ease back into playing shape. Yeah, and that he talked about, I mean, like I said, I was at work, you know, again today, and I only got to listen to a little bit of a Zoom conference, but he did talk about wanting to come back out of retirement now to get his body back into shape. I mean, we've seen Gronk at WrestleMania. We've seen him rip his shirt off. I mean, he's, he's in good shape, but he's not in Of course he's in good shape, but... Football but, different. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's also why he wanted to do it now to get himself back into that mindset. And talk about okay, things have to change. I have to treat my body right. I have to get ready to play. I got to get back to lifting three or five times a week. Like this, is something that he's obviously thought out. And I think that you know people didn't take the rumor seriously because of the WWE stint. Um, that and the fact that you know. He's 31 and he had so many injuries, and that's still an issue for me. Not an issue, but more of a worry. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Gronk has suffered some pretty pretty bad injuries. I mean, he's missed quite a bit of time. He has all the talent in the world. Don't get me wrong. His athleticism and his size are just incredible. But the injuries at the end of the day are going to be the biggest part of if this was successful. Because um, it's, not, it's not worth it if he doesn't stay on the field. And that's, you know, that's kind of being harsh with it. But at the same time, like, we're giving you $10 million a year. We traded for you. You need to be able to be on the field. Like this is all in. This is this is I think as all in as I've ever seen Tampa go. As far as yeah, I mean if you if you look Arian, back at Arians baked six dozen biscuits yesterday and said fucking <laughs> take them. Needed the shit out of them. Like this, we are all in. You got to get a tackle though. I mean, I need one of those top four tackles. But I'm not going to be happy tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I'll be I'll be fine with Kinlaw, but I want one of those tackles. I think they panic and trade up. Don't say that. But I don't think they. Uh, no, I mean, even if they okay, so let's say they don't get a tackle. Even if they go and get one in the second round, you know, if Josh Jones falls all the way to, 
I don't know, into the 20s or, you know, 30, 31, 32, and they trade OJ to get another second, trade up to get a Josh Jones, I could live with that. But you have to adjust tackle with your first two picks minimum. Or, I mean, there's nobody at right tackle. We signed Haig, and that's it. And I don't really want him starting. He's more of a swing guy and a versatile you know, he can go to, you know, left tackle and guard. So it's easy well, the biggest thing. Well, you got to remember as well, though, that Haig started 27 to 29 games before Quentin Nelson was drafted. That's true. That's um, true. But... They, and they really like what he can do. Remember how he said he really doesn't feel, I mean, like I said, this could just be smokescreen, but Arians did say that he feels that offensive line isn't a major issue at this time. Oh, I don't so believe that for a he, second. You and I don't believe that, but he could be blowing smoke about these offensive tackles and wanting someone like Kinlaw or Brown tomorrow. Like he could. But have, it worries me because we just said that he doesn't lie, and he came out and said that. So does he actually believe that? That that worries me because I, that, I don't know how you can look at this line and, and say that it has no issues. Listen, I'm just saying, Arians is who he is. He's a chess master, okay? He's not playing chess, he's playing snare weight. Yeah, I uh, can't think of an analogy. What is it? He's not playing, he's playing checkers, chess, he's playing chess. chess. This man is playing master chess at this point. Like, he was a Super Bowl champion for a reason, okay? And he wasn't a head coach, but he's still part of a team and helped groom some of the best quarterbacks of all time. He knows what he's doing. Um, he knows how to play the media game. He knows how to do all that, so... Could he be finessing the fuck out of the entire league? Yes. And if he does, God bless him. I'll share a margarita with you in the in the parking lot, buddy. But <laughs> offensive line has to be a top need. Like, we need depth. Dawson's gone. Donovan Smith is – is he going to show up every play? Well, I don't know. I mean, you would think that they're, you know – team morale or willingness to play hard on every play increases with Tom Brady. I know some people are going to say, well, you know, why didn't they do that for Jameis Winston? I mean, I don't really have a good answer for you, but I know that when you have, you know, a Super Bowl champion quarterback, greatest of all time, you know, guy back there, you know, players are going to look up to him. And if if you screw up, you're going to get chewed out. So you would think Donovan Smith at least increases his energy a bit. I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't. I think one of um, Jay Glazer just tweeted that the Falcons are being so aggressive that they tried to call the Redskins for number two to get Chase Young. So I fully wow. expect I fully expect the Falcons to go top five tomorrow and give up a lot. That's crazy. They want to go. To, they want to move up to two to get Chase Young. That's gonna that's gonna take a haul. I don't think they really have enough capital for that unless they move. I mean, who are they going to trade Julio Jones away? If That's I'm crazy. Rescue, I'd that in a fucking heartbeat. They don't need another. Yeah. Person. They really don't need Chase Young for being for real. Like, if they, you want to give up the line, give up the line. So he tweeted out, Falcons been aggressive this week and calling teams high up, including trying to get all the way to number two for Chase Young. Washington hasn't seemed to entertain offers to get out. I mean, you're going to have to trade. If you're, the, if you're the Falcons, you're going to have to trade at least Julio Jones, you know, probably. I mean, they're probably going to want Keanu Neal as well, plus your first-round pick. Um, you know, I, I would probably take that if I was Washington, but Julio's getting old. I don't know. 
you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what Atlanta's doing. They're not really, you know, one piece away from a Super Bowl. I don't know why they would want to trade up that high. Because of guys like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. You know, they're knowing this is like their last chance. I suppose, but they definitely don't have the defense like they used to. So it, it, that doesn't really make sense to me. It's wild. But as far as Gronk and Brady go individually this season, how do you think they do? I mean, we've kind of talked about um, Gronk's injuries and, you know, kind of being a liability to stay on the field. We also haven't discussed, you know, Tom Brady's age and, you know, father time is unseated. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably see him a maximum of four years. I mean, that's probably the the ceiling. I think uh, two years. I, I mean, the contract was two years. So you know, if, if they go out and win a Super Bowl in one or two years, I think he'll probably retire. You know, after that. Um, and and if he doesn't, I could see four. So I mean, I I don't expect anything longer than four years. I mean, what is he already forty two? I mean, he's going to play until he's 46. So at some point, it's going to come to an end. Do you think he puts up more than 30 touchdowns next season? More than 30 touchdowns? I would say, I know we've, we've talked about this before, but I would say the lowest, you know, his four touchdowns is probably 24, and I'd say his ceiling is probably, you know, around what James Winston threw, around 33. I don't see any reason why he couldn't do that. I mean, with the offensive weapons that Tom Brady is going to have, I mean, it'd be a letdown if he didn't get the reason at this point. Just like, think of it like this. If they go in the second round and they get, you know, your draft crush, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, now you have a pass-catching running back. You have Gronk, Godwin, Evans, maybe O.J. Howard, probably Brady. If they get a tackle, I mean, this offense is – one to two, you know, top two, three in the league at that point. I mean, maybe the Chiefs are, are number one, but, I mean, they are one to two pieces away from from being the clear best offense in the league. Would you, would you argue that they're one of the best offenses of all time on paper if they add hmm. someone like Kyle Edwards Laird? Like I said, on paper, we're not saying straight out right. Just looking at it on paper. I mean, I suppose you could make that argument, but you remember when, um, oh, my God, what was that super team that the Lakers had with Kobe and uh, Dwight Howard? That was, like, the best roster we've ever seen on paper, but they were horrendous. They couldn't do anything. I think they had Steve Nash, too, (laughs) and, you you know, you played with them on 2K and you killed everybody. But, you know, I, I would say on paper, yes, but... I mean, I need to see the results. It seems like every offseason we win and we never get the results. Um, and I'm kind of tired of it, to be honest with you. So, got to see the wins come in. I agree with you. I think um, the defense is going to be the biggest key to everything here. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can only – we saw it last year. You can only ask so much from the offense before the defense has to step up. And they did at the end of the year, but the beginning of the year – and especially the game against the Seattle Seahawks is one of the worst games I ever watched because the offense was on fire, just up and down the field, up and down the field, but the defense just just collapsed. Like, I mean, the defense has been a liability, it seems, every year. But, I mean, the last six games of the season, they 
they clearly picked it up. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, defensive, like, advanced stats, they were number one in rushing. I mean, I think that was pretty obvious from watching. They, they shut down Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey twice. I mean, they, they, they shut down everybody, even elite running backs. And if you look at pass defense, um, let's see, where are they here? I think they were 12. Yeah, they were 12 in, in sort of a pass defense efficiency. So if they can keep that up, I mean, this team is NFC championship bound before we even start the season. I would have to agree with you. Um, does it surprise you that they haven't made any kind of additions in the secondary? Um, I think they, I think they should have added a veteran safety or a veteran cornerback, one of the two, because, you know, we have Jamel Dean back there. Uh, Jordan Whitehead's young. Mike Edwards is young. I mean, there's a lot of youth back there. I would have liked to see, you know, even if it wasn't, you know, Tony Jefferson, I mean, that's not going to happen anymore given the, the cap situation, but, you know, a mid-priced free agent, um, you know, I think it could still happen, you know, as teams release players throughout the summer. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it was surprising. What, what is your opinion on that? I think I, I honestly thought they were going to get a veteran quarterback or a veteran safety like Chris Harris or Tony Jefferson. Um, on paper, the Bucks are the second youngest team in the league, second to only the, the Miami Dolphins. Like, this is the youngest team outside of Miami in the league as a whole. And that's on, including – On defense or the entire team? Overall. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, I don't know now because of Gronk and Brady, but at the end of last season – and, I mean, it's pretty much the same team outside of Gronk and Brady anyway. But they were the second youngest team in the league. And especially on defense, you had you had six six rookies on defense last year playing games, starting games. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to be a struggle at some point, but you know they definitely picked it up, and I definitely think a lot of players have grown, um, grown with that. But I don't know. I, I'm still worried about it. I'm still. I think that's going to be the biggest weak point. Um, oh yeah, usually. I'm, I mean, I'm still it's, it's definitely the biggest wrong. weak point. I love some of these guys. Like, Sean Murphy Bunting was a, a steal last season in the second round. I had no idea who this kid was. I was pissed that we didn't read Greedy, Greedy Williams. Like, I was like, Greedy's perfect for this secondary. Like, I had done research on that man. And then I see Sean Murphy Bunting from Central Michigan. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And he, he proved me wrong immediately. I mean, just the growth that he showed over the last, eight games was just, it was incredible. Same thing with Jamel Dean after the Seahawks game, completely different player. Yeah, I'm, Jamel Dean shocked me the most. I mean, he had one of the worst games you'll see by a cornerback up in Seattle, and then he completely turned his season around. I mean, it, it was kind of cool to watch because usually we have guys in Tampa that, you know, have awful games and it just spirals out of control. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that secondary needs needs to keep playing like they did last year. It's easily the weakest point. I mean, the offense is, is pretty much complete besides, you know, a few pieces here and there. The front seven is elite. Um, it's just that secondary. And, I, I you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they draft a, a late, you know, safety or corner. But, you know, I, I wouldn't expect them to start. And they have $3.7 million in cap space. So I don't know about a free agent at this point either. 
I don't see the point in drafting another safety. And I talked about this with Gene, um, about what you heard on his show. Because we have six able bodies that can play safety at this point. Why are we adding a seventh body? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you add a safety, it's more going to be for special teams. Um, J.R. Reed is a kid that comes to mind. He can return kicks and punts. Um, so I think if they go that route, it's not really to, you know, get defensive snaps at first. But I've heard that argument a lot. And, you know, I don't know if I 100% agree. You know, people talk about, uh, what is his name, Dakota, Dakota Dixon. You know, I'm not sold on him at all. Mike Edwards improves, but he, he wasn't really much anything special. Um, you know, I think Jordan Whitehead was probably my favorite safety, just how he could come up in the box and just lay the hammer on people. But, you know, I'm not really sold on that group as a whole. It's just that um, I don't think that adding more youth, like more rookies into a secondary that's going to be all in is the answer. Um, I heard something today that, that just aggravated the shit out of me. Someone said that we should either trade for Trent Williams and take best player available on the defensive side and guess who they would cut of all players. Levante Davis. They said, "Oh, oh who is this person? Can, oh no, 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 no!" And and trade for Trent Williams, and I just about lost my shit. <laughs> Levant, don't even get me started about Levante David, the most underrated, underappreciated player, not just defensive player, but player in the NFL. I mean, this dude. People have seen the stats I've posted. Now you're, I'm going to get fired up now, so <laughs> I'm not going to go too much into it, but. He he deserves an All-Pro or Pro Bowl every year. He just gets snubbed. Oh, my gosh. It, it drives me insane how disrespected that man gets. Best linebacker in the league, hands down. I will fight to the death on this hill by myself if I have to. That, that Levante David is the best linebacker in the league, has been the best linebacker in the league since 2012 when he got drafted. Point blank here. Yeah, I mean, his stats are up there with Luke Eagley and Bobby Wagner. Um, and, and not even just up there, but he's better in a lot of stats. So hopefully he gets the recognition he deserves, you know, when they're – I mean, I expect this team to get four to five primetime games. I think the max he's going to have is six. So hopefully he can shine when everyone's watching. Six primetime games? You oh, it's happening. It's coming. It's coming. Get ready. May 9th is the well, schedule release. They're going to yeah. get five or six. But to add to the point of Levante, that man had his best season since 2015. He has showed no signs of slowing down. He's still going to be that dominant guy. Everyone keeps seeing – I keep seeing take a light linebacker, life after Levante. There's there's no – why are you looking at that right now? What's the need? There's no drop in production. There's nothing like that. I mean, I suppose I understand the process that people are trying to go through. I mean, you're not really cutting anyone and, and saving a lot besides Will Golston, who if you release, you'll save $4.75 million. Um, so, you know, I just don't want to mess with the with the front seven if I don't have to. And, you know, Trent Williams is going to command, you know, 14 to $15 million, even if you cut a Levante David or Ryan Jensen, which doesn't make much sense to me, but let's just theoretically say you do. You know, you're saving $10 million. You, you still don't even have enough for Trent Williams. So it's just – I don't think they can fit it in. I, I, it's just not going to happen. I know what other thing is not going to happen. Trent Williams to Tampa Bay. I've seen this oh, all Oh, yeah, it's not happening. Day. 
all day. And I just want you to tell people because you're, you know, one of the most respected people on Buck's Twitter right now. Um, every time, every group chat that I'm in, every discussion I have on a live show, you are brought up because of the things that you post. So, you know, you're very popular on here. Please inform people of why this won't happen so I don't have to repeat it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm that popular, but I appreciate the compliment. Um, he, it's, it's not happening. The, the only way it happens is if, you know, God forbid, you know, somebody gets hurt and they don't have fully guaranteed money. Even in that case, I think he'd be owed, you know, a certain amount and, and they cut him. Uh, he's just, he, he's commanding 15 million. It's too much. It's just not going to happen. It, there's just no chance. And if it does happen, then you can all make fun of me on Twitter, I suppose. I just don't think, I mean, I underscore, because Jenna Lane posted something today about the Bucks having a trade and parameters agreed. Well, you know, at least some kind of parameters agreed upon, and then it fell through for, for O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard for Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, that was before Gronk, though. Yes. But also, that it confuses me because they know Trent Williams wants 16 to $17 million a year. Right, hear me out. You'd have Donovan Smith making 14.5, Ali Marpet deservedly making $10 million, Ryan Jensen making deservedly $10 million, and then you're going to add another another lineman at 16, 17. You're looking at about $70 million, at, not 70, what is it, 10, 10, 14, 17. You're looking at 55, 60 million dollars just in linemen. I don't understand. You know what that? You know what that tells me though is. They so they sort of were close to a trade, like you said, between OJ or, or sending OJ to the Redskins and getting Trent Williams, and that was back what in March. They had been in talks with Gronk since then, and I think they were fairly certain he was coming here. I mean, I, that's the only way you're you're getting rid of OJ in my mind. I think they knew he was debating coming out of retirement and, and just sort of working out the details with the Patriots. That's what you know. That's what that whole scenario tells me. You know what else it tells me is that they're not sold on Donovan Smith. I, I mean, I'm not either. <laughs> I don't think anyone should be. I, I don't he is kind of be. a whipping boy, but, I, you know, it's, everyone says this about linemen, and it's true. You know, they have 60 good plays, and then we have five bad ones, and everyone rips on them. But, I mean, the plays that he doesn't do well, it's, it's not good. I mean, we've all seen the play – of I think it was Nick Bosa in week one just destroying Donovan Smith and Jameis made a good move out of the pocket and a good throw, but I mean, good Lord. (laughs) I don't know what the opposite of a highlight play is, but... It's not even the fact that he gets beat on bull rushes or any kind of speed rush. It's the fact that you watch some of these replays on some of the turnovers that Jameis did have, and don't get me wrong, Jameis had a lot of turnovers that were completely on his own. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make excuses for nobody. But on some of these plays, Donovan Smith is just standing there with his hands in the air, confused. Like, he just he takes plays off, and he doesn't finish. That's my biggest, like, my biggest gripe about that guy. He's making $14.5 million a year, and you're not finishing plays as a lineman. Tom Brady's not going to put up with that shit. Yeah, the the Cowboys play, uh, I think it was two years ago, where he just completely stopped playing and Jameis got killed and they returned it for a touchdown. I mean, that's just unacceptable. 
it's I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. I think it was in Dallas. Yep. Um, uh, Jalen yeah. Smith came with a uh, with a right mm-hmm. side blitz. Donovan Smith got beat. Jalen looped all the way around. Jameis is looking to pass the ball to Braid on third down, and just gets stripped from behind for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's, Donovan's just standing there, and while Jameis is trying to take out Jalen with the football. Like, your quarterback is chasing down this man, and you are standing there. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he he does that in a film session, and, you know, when there's in an offensive film session, he's going to get his you-know-what by Tom Brady if he does anything like that. Um, but I was I was meaning to ask you a question. I'm going to completely change the subject. Um, yeah, I, for the I draft. who are listening, because we totally got off. So. <laughs> That's Go all right. Um, your so your draft crush is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Do you have My any man. other <laughs> guys that you are looking at that you like? Or I think you talked about wide receivers in the DMs a little bit, but you know who are other guys that you like? We're talking about just in general. In general, in the draft, yeah. All right, I I love Clyde. It's listen, don't don't let Tampa get Clyde Friday. I'm telling you right now, don't let it happen. Because I will lose my shit. Lose my shit. Um, I, I really love Clyde. I really like Devin DuVernay out of Texas. I think he is going to be a star. A lot of people kind of have him lower on their rankings because of some catching issues and some some route running technicalities. But he's got burning feet. He can take the top off. And when he, when he does get his hands on the ball, he's a lot. He reminds me a lot of Mike Evans in a way, just the way he kind of high points the ball. Uh, Lynn Bowden is another wide receiver that I really like out of Kentucky. I think that's where he's coming out of Kentucky. I want to say Kentucky. Yeah, I think so. I like Devin DuVernay a lot, too. I think he's a better Scotty Miller in my mind. How do you feel? Are you not on the Scotty Miller hype train? No. Someone tweeted out Scotty Miller is going to be a wide receiver one, and I just I agreed with them. Just so they, I didn't have to argue with them. Saint <laughs> Bastard is all in on, on Scotty Miller wide receiver one. God bless that man. Yeah, no. he's going to get five percent of the snaps, maybe. Scotty Miller, in my mind, and I don't want people to get mad. Hey, I'm just speaking the truth or my truth. I don't know if he really has a spot on this team, kind of like Justin Watson. I just see Tampa taking two wide receivers in this draft because they have no depth, and I really don't trust either of them at this point. Like after I don't think that's much of a hot take at all. I wouldn't well, be surprised either. Chris Evans, Chris Evans, yeah, Chris Evans, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. I, if you told me, all right, they're both out. Let's, okay, let's go back to week 15 when they're both out because they have hamstring injuries. You had Prashad Perriman. He's gone. If you tell me I have Scotty Miller or Justin Watson to complete a third down pass, <laughs> the full range, oh God. I'm going to turn the TV off. I, don't want I, I think they have to draft somebody. This this class is so deep, but, you know, every year it seems like I think the, the Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara draft was a deep running back class. They didn't draft a running back. Um, I'm trying to think of other classes, but none, none come to mind. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Jason might just pass on a wide receiver altogether because he always does something like this. But I'm I'm crossing my fingers that he just plays it safe. I think we need to take two. I think we need not only a third wide receiver, but we also need a kick return because special teams was one of the worst 
in the league last year. They were the ranked 31st in the league in special teams last season. Our punter isn't anything great. He's all right. He averages about, like, what, 42 yards a punt. Um, our, we had Bobo Wilson returning kicks last season. We had Justin Watson returning kicks last season. We had TJ Logan, who did all right, returning kicks last season. But all of them are awful, and all of them aren't going to be on the team, I don't think, in 2020. I think there's going to be a little bit of a shakeup with the wide receiver room. Did you see Percy Harvin trying to make a comeback? You signing no. him to do a vet minimum deal? No. No. Kick, no. kick return, punt return? Okay, before I answer, what are your thoughts on that? Forget oh, I see you turning it on me. He's got confidence, <laughs> but how would you feel? I mean, I would sign him to a vet minimum deal, but... When when you say vet minimum, that's like a million dollars, and that's 33% of our entire cap. So <laughs> it's, you know, right. I might sign him to a vet minimum deal. Non-guaranteed, you can return punts, and we'll see what else happens. So money aside, Christy Harvin comes up to you. You're Jason Light. I want to play on your team. I'm 31 I years say, old. I've got my sure. body right. I don't feel pain. He's had he's had migraine issues in the past, though. I think he's had troubles with um, concussions and headaches or, or something along those lines. So, I mean, I really just want him to, to kick and punt return, and everything else is kind of a bonus because this team, you know, Adam Humphreys was the usual punt and kick returner, and, I mean, he's nothing special. He's going to catch the ball, you know, fair catch, that's it. The best punt returner we had was Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, and he didn't even want to do it. And then people block in the back in critical games in week three against the Steelers. I think Aries is going to take a wide receiver. I think of last year's draft. This is something that I referenced quite a bit. Um, for those of you who do follow me on Twitter, I know a lot of you will be here because of this. That's fine. I get it. He's, he's, he's all right. He's okay sometimes. But last, <laughs> <I'm all right. laughs> last season, Bruce Arians was going to take a wide receiver um, by the name of Deontay Johnson, in the third round. And, you know, that last year would have blindsided the shit out of everybody because why? But the Steelers took him the pick before, and Marians was pissed because he wanted that that guy. He was his man. And Deontay Johnson, if you look at his stats, he had a great year last season. He caught quite a few passes, was doing great kick returns. I think he went to the Pro Bowl, I believe. I mean, he was, he was good. I, I think he's, yeah. he's on his way up. Arians wants more toys for his offense, whether Gronk is there or not. I don't think he's 100% sold on Scotty. I don't think Justin Watson's going to be here. So someone like Lynn Bolden, uh, Bowden, Devin DuVernay, I really like Van Jefferson out of Florida as well. Oh, that's my guy. Who are your guys? But enough about me. You are the guest of honor my draft crushes, I would have to say, is Van Jefferson's definitely up there. Um, the, the Florida offense for you Gator fans was obviously not great. I think when you watch his tape, he, he gets a lot of separation, and that's something that you really want to look for. Um, you know, his, his catch radius is good. He has good hands. I mean, I like him a lot. Um, Denzel Mims is probably my one of my favorite wide receivers in this class. Um, oh, if you can sure. get him – He's not. He's he's not gonna. He's probably not gonna be there for the Bucks. You know, I think he gets taken first or second round, and it doesn't really make sense to, to take a wide receiver that high. 
Um, but, you know, Jedrick Wills is probably my favorite overall prospect. Um, he's a complete tackle. I want him so badly on this team, but yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. Do you have anybody else in other positions that you that you really like? Any underrated? Um, I mean, this, underrated? Is, this is all starting tomorrow. This is your last chance to get it in on mm. tape that you were one of the first think, <laughs> to be on the hype train. <laughs> I think everyone's on the hype train for James Morgan um, out of uh, Florida International. He's a uh, He's a solid quarterback prospect. I think, you know, don't go crazy, but I'm going to give him a pro comparison, and I'm not saying he's anywhere close oh, to boy. this player. I'm oh, not saying he's boy. anywhere close to this player. But, okay, I'm just going to say it. He reminds me a little bit of Patrick Mahomes oh, in the way God. that – Listen, just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't really have great mechanics in the pocket. But he's so damn good that it does not matter. He throws off his back foot 80 yards down the field and he drops it in a bucket. So he does that, you know, James Morgan has done similar things where his mechanics in the pocket are not great, but he throws the ball on a rope. I mean, he doesn't have the, uh, you know, even close to the physical ability that Mahomes has. But that one street reminds me a little bit of him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets taken in the third round. That's probably a little bit high, but... I think he's a big riser. Wow. I've seen, I've seen, you know, mock drafts, ones I've done personally, and others that, you know, he's not going into the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. It might have two months ago, but I don't think so. Um, I'll give you one more, though. Marlon Davidson, uh, the tackle out of Auburn. He lined up next to Derek Brown. He's a top defensive tackle prospect. Um and people said, oh, you know, Derek Brown got hurt and he didn't do well. And, I mean, I don't see that at all when you look at the film. He he played edge, edge rusher, five technique, three technique. I mean, he lined up all over the defensive line. And he had reps against Andrew Thomas. I mean, we all know who that is by now. You know, we've talked about the tackles to nauseam. I mean, he destroyed Andrew Thomas on multiple reps. So, Marlon Davidson out of Auburn is another guy to, to look out on day two probably. There's one running back that – I'm kind of higher on than most people, I think, after watching some tape, because I reached out to Buck's Twitter and asked them, you know, who are your guys' favorite prospects? Because, I mean, I've been watching tape for months on some of these guys like Van Jefferson and, you know, just some of the names that the Bucks were tied to, Grant Delpit, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like, at least since late November on some of these guys that I would really want to be on this team. And someone brought up Adrian Killens, and I said, who the fuck is Adrian Killens? And and I couldn't find much on him except for some highlights at a UCF. And this kid has just so much speed, so much speed and agility. And it, he was, like, noted as one of the biggest dubs of the combine. No one was going to – no one invited him. And there, what the hell happened with this? Why didn't he get a combine invite? And I think that could be a late round steal if the Bucks decide to wait for a running back. I mean, who knows? They might have to, like, let's say in a nightmare scenario, they have to trade their second round pick to move up for a tackle. I would hate that if they had to lose a second round pick, but it could be an option. I mean, he's got, I mean, his speed is just ridiculous. Mm, are you talking about the uh, the guy at a UCF, right? Adrian Killen? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I think you could get him undrafted, to be honest with you. Um, mm. th- this this running back class is really deep. I mean, you know, you, you go, you know, 15 down in anyone's rankings, and you still have A.J. Dillon there, Anthony McFarland, Antonio Gibson's in, you know, sometimes not even cracking the top 10. Um, I think he has a good chance of going undrafted, and you could even get him for, for no draft capital at all. That would definitely be interesting if he went undrafted. Anybody to replace Dare Umabawale? He has to go. Dare has yeah. To go. Uh, <laughs> I, the, basically, everyone behind Rojo is expendable. Um, <laughs> TJ Logan, I know some people like him. Much. Not a big fan of TJ Logan, to be honest with you. So, I, I mean, you've got to draft a running about, I know I talked about us drafting at least two wide receivers. If they trade back and require more picks, I could see two running backs as well. The only people we have, like, under contract right now, under the running back label, are um, Rojo and Ogumbawali, I think. I think there's... Yeah. Oh, is he not even always listed as kick returner? I mean, I've seen a couple mocks. Um, I think Pewter Report's latest mock had... Antonio Gibson in the third round, and I think, or maybe fourth, and somebody else, I think maybe Clyde Edwards-Way in the second. So, I mean, obviously they have all their plugins um, to to the team. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they went, you know, one in the second or third, and then later in the in the fifth or sixth. That, that wouldn't shock me. I think they need a pass catcher, though. That's got to be the big trait you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. I mean. Don't get me wrong, I think Rojo, at least the beginning of the season, kind of like how we saw with Peyton Barber last year, will be the the workhorse, um, at least the start of the season out, um, and get his opportunity to, you know, be the starter, show what he can do, show what he's learned, show his growth. I think they really like what he brings to the table. I think they love that he's put on size. Um, he really ended the season off with a bang, recording his first 100-yard game against the Falcons. Um, he looked great. He looked really good. And I mean, he didn't have a horrible season. He had 700 and he had over a thousand yards uh, from scrimmage. He had like six touchdowns, four yards per carry. He, he had a decent season, even having to share the ball. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. He's gonna definitely have to fight for the starting job again, which sucks for him. But it's gonna be interesting. Um, I don't think he's gonna go down quietly. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. I don't think he can really run routes that well. I mean, he did well in the screen game last year, talking about Rojo. Um, but uh, he he's just a downhill – you know, he does two things really well in my mind. He's a downhill runner, uh, and he's got sort of that burst when he runs on through. I mean, you saw it at USC if you go back and watch him there. Um, and I think he's really good in the screen game. But, I mean, you're not splitting him up or, or splitting him out wide like you can with a Kamara or, or something like that. So I, I think he's good at what he does, but they need somebody who can complement him. You know, somebody who can make him split out wide, he, who can run, you know, multiple routes, um, somebody who can maybe pass block a bit better. So I, I think he has a role on this team. They just need somebody who can complement him. I think you were looking for a guy that you can split out wide um, and, you know, do more than just catch thinking duck passes like, I'm talking about you're running a whole route. Like, you're you're going straight down the field. 
um, my two guys, this is just me personally, just my opinion, would be JT, Justin, or Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know Jonathan Swift uh-huh. is one of them as well, but I just think those two have so much more experience with that. Like I said, not taking anything away from John or Jonathan Swift. I would, I would love to have him here. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think those two pass catching and being able to run routes and and be that ultimate compliment would be my two guys. Yeah, I mean, I I think Cam Akers, you can put him there too. Um, but, I mean, even if you don't get one of those guys late, you know, everybody's been, you know, it seems like on the bandwagon for Antonio Gibson. I think he could be that guy that you almost use as a wide receiver because he has 33 carries at Memphis, and I don't know if I trust him as a running back just yet. So, I think he could be that true, you know, you put him in at third down and, and he, you know, you put the ball in his hands and he's electric. Um, I just have questions about his, you know, usage as a as a full or complete running back, I suppose. So let me ask you this. The draft is tomorrow, obviously. Only round one. The rest of it uh, starts over the weekend. You have rounds two and three on, on Saturday starting at noon. And then you have the rest of the draft on Friday, on Sunday. Excuse me, Sunday. How do you see... With the trade with Gronk, they now have one pick in every round, one through seven. Give me your position the team takes at each position, so at each round. So, like, first round, Mm. pack, second round, running back, and something like that. You don't have to give me who, just what position do you take? Uh, So, I'll tell you, I guess I'll sprinkle it in with a little bit of what I hope they do and what I think they do. So, first round, it's... It's going to be offensive tackle. I, I think if the top four aren't there, they're going to take Josh Jones at 14, and uh, you're just going to have to live with it. I mean, if you, even if you think – I mean, even if you think, you know, he shouldn't be taken until 22, you got to take your guy, you know, where you pick. So, you know, it is what it is. So I'll go offensive tackle first round. Second and third round, um, you know, I think it's running back or interior defensive lineman. I think you could switch either amount. So, uh, you know, probably running back in the second round, and I think they go defensive lineman round three with how deep it is. Um, you know, going into round four is where the wide receiver um, class gets, you know, I think you're starting to lose a little bit of that depth there. So I would say wide receiver and then, you know, once after round four, it, you're just taking BTA. So, you know, it, whoever you want to take, I don't care if you take a secondary player that, that you like a lot, um, you double up on running back, whatever it is. But, um, you know, I, I think it's offensive tackle, running back, you know, defensive tackle, wide receiver, if I had to, if I had to guess, in the, in the first four rounds. And then probably quarterback round five. I don't know if they take a quarterback this year. I mean, they're already they might not. That's going to be interesting to watch. I know that they said they'd take a quarterback if the right guy fell at the right time. Uh-huh. Um, someone had mentioned to me today, you know, there's a lot going on with Tua. People are – there's a lot of smoke screens, I think. People are saying that they're he's dropping in rankings, he's skyrocketing in other teams' rankings. Now, this is just hypothetical because we're just, we're just on a, a draft run at the moment. If Tua is there at 14 and no offensive tackles are left, the top four are gone, would you take him? Oh, man. That's such a hard <laughs> question. 
Um, I, I answered this, and this person who I know will listen to this will will <laughs> probably be a little mad, but I wanted your name. I, okay, this is this is kind of how I think about it. This team is win now, not win. You know, we're not building for two years, three years. That you know, we are winning or, or gunning to win a Super Bowl right now, year one. I don't think taking a quarterback makes sense in round one. I'm probably trading out uh, for a team that's looking to leapfrog Miami. If you know, I think Miami's at 18. Um, I'm assuming if Tua falls that low, they're probably passing on a quarterback. Um, I'm probably trading out and, and getting more picks. So I guess to answer your question in a roundabout way, I'm probably not taking them. Yeah, I, I, when I saw that, I was like, no. Like you said, this is a win now. And I think, in my mind, do you think this is, I mean, in your mind, do you think this is the closest they've been to having Super Bowl caliber team? Like, it, it feels a lot like, a lot less like a, a pipe dream and more like a, we're at least making the NFC championship thing. I mean, it's, this is like, you know, I think you need a lot of luck to win the Super Bowl. You have to get lucky with injuries, with matchups that you get in the playoffs. You know, a lot has to go your way. But, you know, this team is easily a championship, you know, NFC championship caliber team. I think if you're not at least competing for the NFC championship, you've, you've failed in some way. I know a lot of people will say it's a Super Bowl or bust. You know, I'm not going to go that far year one because I think – you know, they have a few years to do that, you know, maybe three at max. Um, but I think this year it, it's got to be NFC Championship or both. I don't know if my heart could take us winning the NFC Championship um, and losing the Super Bowl or making it to the yeah. NFC Championship and getting blown out because, like, I've kind of unfortunately kind of built up that tolerance that knowing that, you know, end of November is the end of – real meaningful books football. So, like, I don't know if my heart can take that. Basically, by Halloween, it's the end of meaningful books football every year. It's really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Yeah, I I think... And, you know, a lot of a lot of players have talked about that and making, you know, would you rather be in the Super Bowl and lose or not be there at all? And a lot of players have said, I'd rather be in the Super Bowl and lose. But I don't know if I could, if I could take that as a fan. I'd rather just not be there at all. Save me the heartbreak. I don't know about you, but I get ridiculously nervous before games. Like, I don't I don't think I could have even pictured myself how nervous and ridiculous I'd be before a playoff game. Like yeah, it's, it's one it's and done. You don't get another week to like put a put it behind you. But to to kind of round this up and you know finish this podcast off, um, I, I just want to get your final thoughts on the whole Gronk situation. If you feel like it was a good move, if you feel like they they gave up too much or too little, or it was a good trade, and just overall how you feel about this team prior to tomorrow, the start of the draft. I think they're in a good spot. Um, you know, they have a few holes. We talked about tackle. I think, you know, running back, you know, defensive tackle depth. Um, I think they're in a good spot going into the draft. Um, in terms of the Gronk trade, I mean, I like it. You, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to find an impact starter in the fourth round. So, you know, his salary cap, is it too high? Or his, uh, 
his salary hit too high? You know, probably ten million is a little bit too much, but you know, uh, you know, um, Jason Light and um, I forget the uh, what is the guy's name that, that controls the salary cap? Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg. Yeah, Mike yep. Greenberg. I mean, he does an excellent job constructing the the contracts with with dead money and all that. I, he'll figure it out just fine. You know, they don't have to sign graphics till late in the summer. Um, I mean, I'm feeling good about this team. If they can come away from the draft with filling those needs, I mean, we're we're all in. We're rolling straight through to week one. <laughs> I think the last, you know, like I said before, I think a fourth-round pick really isn't anything to, to fret about. It was a comp pick. I think it was a steal, honestly. I mean, you didn't lose anything. You still have seven picks in the draft. You're, the last the last fourth round pick that we've had that was actually, you know, impactful was Quan and he was only here for a few years. I mean, I can't think of any mm-hmm. other fourth round. So, yeah, like off the top said, of my head, I, I think it's just him. I don't think there's anybody you were going to find in the fourth round that was going to make that big of an impact right away, like you said. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think this team is in a position now for the first time where it's not okay, we might be really aggressive. Okay, we might do this, this, and this. It's no, no, no. Everything is on the table. There's nothing left to lose. Let's just go out and try it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a wild season. I mean, I'm hyped for the draft. It's I've been waiting months for this, and we're finally here. Are you in Buffs before doing anything for the draft? Let people know what you're doing tomorrow. I'm sure they're going to want to know what, what you have to say about this draft pick. Yeah, so uh, I'll be live on the sports web, um, and for people, you know, I think it's a a bit of a bigger following on Facebook, but we'll tweet out sort of the uh, the link on the Bucks Reporter uh, account, and I'll I'll retweet it as well so people can find it. Um, I'll probably probably be live for most of round one, definitely when they make the pick, um, and you know, throughout the entire draft, I'll, I'll probably be there rounds two, three, even on Saturday, you know, giving my opinions on on who they pick. So. Uh, go check us out. It'll it'll be uh, pretty fun. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. So let everyone know where they can find you personally on Twitter. I know a lot of people who will listen will come strictly just for you being attached to this. But for those of you who who don't know, uh, Nick is also the guy who did all the brackets. Bracket Gate 2020. 2020. <laughs> Bracket Gate 2020. Yeah, uh, we might have to. I'm probably not bringing a bracket back until until next, you know, Ever. March. So, just, just <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Citro. Um, that's you know, S I T R O is my last name, and then just Nick. Um, also, give Bucks Report a follow on Twitter. Um, you know, you can just spell it in the search bar; it should come right up. And uh, yeah, I post a lot of uh, stats there. Sometimes I'll put up some All 22 clips, but. Um, Oh you know, yeah. I love interacting with other Bucks fans. What? Before I let you go, yesterday, last night, you posted something about an All-22 showcasing how the Bucks have similar places to the Patriots, and that, I think, is something that people would want to see. That was awesome. It's like 12 yeah, so, minutes uh, just yeah. total <laughs> That was, that was much longer. That was much longer than I thought it would go. So Twitter only lets you post two minutes and 20 seconds. I was like, we'll see if I can fit this in. And then it was 13 and a half minutes later. Um, <laughs> so I had to put it on YouTube. Um, if people are interested in looking at that, you can just type my name in YouTube and 
um, you know, I don't have the best mic or, you know, the best technology, but I try to teach a little bit of uh, X's and O's and, you know, how the Patriots are similar to the Bucks, you know, offensively. So um, you can check that out and, and let me know how it is. All right. Anything you want to say to rest of the Buck fans, Buck Nation? We have exactly 23 hours and what is it, 20, 21 minutes? I can't even do math. 30, no, 31 minutes till the draft. So who's counting, though? Not me. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, make sure you guys give them a follow, and we'll be back probably after the draft to do a review. Nick said that maybe he would come back on if you guys show him some love and listen to this one and want to hear him, you know, babble for another hour <laughs> about the graphics. But all right, guys, until next time, thanks for tuning in.